0: The Mission Daily is brought to you by the Twilio Signal Conference. Join the mission team on October 17th through the 18th in San Francisco. And when you join us at the conference, you can use the code mission20 to get 20% off. Welcome everyone to the Mission Daily. This is your number one source for accelerated learning. And today we have a story to help level up your skills. Good morning, Stephanie.
1: Good morning, how are you?
0: I'm great. Thanks for asking. Good. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. It's nice here, as usual. Sunny, breezy, perfect.
0: Let's start with a quote. Freedom lies in being bold. It's Robert Frost. And I wanted to have that quote in this story today because entrepreneurship has become very fashionable. And sometimes things that are fashionable don't have a lot of substance behind them. And I think when everybody's talking about entrepreneurship today, what gets left out of the equation and left out of the discussion is the fact that it's not about starting a business. That's It doesn't have to be the end goal. You don't have to be off on your own doing something by yourself or with a small team. The goal is to just level up your skills so you can do more. That's when we talk about the definition of technology in a broad sense, the ability to do more with less. That's basically what we're talking about when we're talking about leveling up your skills, the ability to do more with less. So you can be more of a service to those you care about and you can generally accomplish way more. So that's what today's story is is going to help inspire and hopefully give you a lot of ideas and encouragement so you can just focus on the skills part of the equation rather than worrying about the semantics or the end result of the business or any you know anything like that.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of things that are sometimes hidden when you see these big businesses taking off or you have this goal of I want to start my own business or be an entrepreneur is that you don't see the backstory of what happened to get that person there or how many failures they had or you know the unintended consequences someone encountered when they set out to do something and had no idea that, you know, you may have to give up certain fun things or basically give things up to have something better
0: in the future. Trade-offs and sacrifices don't make their way into headlines on most mainstream news. I can't imagine why. (laughs) It's not as fun
1: that way if you include that in there.
0: So let's start with a story that is, I guess the origins of the story start way back in 2001. So it's, In a northern cold climate, that's I don't want to give away too much, but it's basically it's freezing and the days are short, the nights are long, and there are three young college students and they enter a competition at their university to build a video game and the competition is pretty weak and they manage to win this contest. They thought that you know oh there's going to be all kinds of other great people out there they're going to develop these amazing games but the reality was when they actually showed up did the work you know tried their best created something they thought was horrible it actually wasn't they they were still able to win and the first lesson right off the bat there is that it's so easy to sell ourselves short and forget that sometimes just by showing up with something that's horrible that we cringe at the thought of releasing, that we cringe at the thought of even somebody else using it or seeing it and knowing that we did that, that can be a great sign. That can be, you know, there's the quote from Reid Hoffman, if you're not embarrassed of your first prototype or your MVP, you've launched too late. I think that there's a lot of truth in that.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say the people who are overconfident usually and think that I've got something amazing are the ones maybe who should kind of take a step back and you know, figure out like, should I be this confident? Whereas the people who don't even want to show up sometimes and think their product's not good enough or their idea's not good enough and they get a little bit nervous to even bring it out there are the ones who have really good ideas sometimes and need a little extra push.
0: Well said. And I'm blanking on the famous quote about that right now, but there's a great (laughs) quote. I'm going to put it in the next episode because it's such a good reminder. (laughs) sounds good. So after this though, they won this competition at their university and they kind of got a little bit, maybe lazy, you could say. They would probably dispute that. Sorry if you're listening out there, anonymous three team mobile game developers didn't mean to offend you. But the point being, they kind of just went back to the drawing board when they realized, okay, there weren't any other major successes flooding our way. There were, we didn't get access to any type of opportunities. It was you know, basically just a pat on the back. And then they went back to practicing their craft. And the three of them kept working together until 2005. So this is really, really important. It's so often when we start a business, there is this whole crowd of people in Silicon Valley who think that every time a Y Combinator application rolls around, they need to get their friends together and submit an application and just get in as quickly as possible. And instead of doing that though, the much harder route to go in is working together for a long period of time before you decide to jump into long-term working relationships. You know, why, why would you wanna do that? Why are you in such a hurry? But a lot of people are. So if you can be a bit more patient you can access tons of opportunities that most people could never dream of. And in this case, these three friends, they got started in 2001 and they kept working together, building game after game after game, and just tinkering with things, You know, generally just hanging out, having a good time together. And along the way, what happens is you naturally build your skills. You talk about the work you're doing. So they're working until 2005, and then finally they managed to get an angel investment. So this is a big deal where they're at because it's not in a major tech hub or anything like that. So what happens after this though is my favorite part of the story. They start creating games and selling them and trying to manufacture them themselves, distribute them. Sometimes they're able to get a licensing or partnership deal where another larger company will distribute the games. But generally they make no money. Not only do they not make any money, but they launch 51 games one after another, after another small team, not a lot of resources. They're burning through money. They don't have any more cash. They're barely making enough money to just buy their like little office space that they have and 51 games. So these are
1: games being launched in the app store, not like board games. Right.
0: These are. Yeah. So these are in the app store. These are computer games. So a lot of the early ones were actually like CD-ROM games, uh, shareware that they would distribute online. They were trying everything.
1: So basically spending a lot, a lot of time putting it into one game, putting it out there and then watching it fail and then doing it again and again, or maybe just not maybe not completely failing at first, but eventually just going downhill,
0: not succeeding financially in a way that was recognized by others or, you know, not having a crazy breakout success or anything like that. It was basically just very, very small wins. But what's so important to note here is that it's not about comparing yourself to others. It's about comparing yourself to other studios, or in this case, other game developers, and considering all the variables. So I think one of the things that I'm going to speculate here, but one of the things that probably kept this small team going was the fact that they are putting in the work and they know they don't have the resources of the other major mobile game studios or the other game studios at the time. So I think that by comparing yourself accurately with you know, if you have. 1% 1% of the resources that a larger company has and is investing into a game, a product or something like that. But you're reaching, say, a fraction of the people that they are or something like that. Make, make sure that you compare the variables accurately, because with the resources and team that you have, you might be succeeding at a very high level and it might be proof that you should keep going. And I think that there was some type of objective analysis like that, that probably got left out of the story because nobody keeps going that many times unless there are small signs, internal signs usually, that the company recognizes that, wait, maybe we should keep going. Maybe there is something here. And so they keep building and building. Now, four years have gone by. It's 2009. This is their 51st game. Disaster is starting to set in. Mm -hmm. Basically, depression, doubt, fear, all of the mind killers that destroy a business and crush you right when you're at what could be the finish line, or it could be failure. And in their case, they thought they were at their last last straw. They had created their 50 second game and they released it into this time a new store. They hadn't had many luck with their distribution channels before, but this new store was exciting for a bunch of different reasons. Number one, the guy that was creating it and selling it and really trying to get developers on it was adamant that this was the future. He was a bit nervous about it, but he knew that there was something big there. And the guy that was hyping up this new store was Steve Jobs. And the store was the Apple App Store. And the team of the three developers had a different kind of game. So guess what kind of game they had?
1: Um, I don't even know. what Which game?
0: Well, it was, pretty, it was a pretty silly game. <laughs> I'm trying game. to
1: think of the early games in the App Store that I remember going in there and not playing most of them.
0: It was a pretty silly game. The levels were simple. It had a cartoonish design. And it involved birds and pigs. Yep. Angry Birds. Angry birds. Yeah. yeah. And that was their 52nd attempt. Now the Apple Store has solved so many of the challenges that their small team couldn't manage, which was the distribution, the marketing, the partnership, the access to huge amounts of affluent people who are you know smart and want to play fun games like this. And Angry Birds takes off and is a hit.
1: I can't believe they... A decade, a decade. Yeah, a decade and 52 attempts before that until they got to Angry Birds. That's just crazy to think about. So cool, right? Yeah. And I think you also have to kind of think about, I mean, they had a team, whereas if it was maybe just one person, they might have given up on the 51st attempt or the 30th attempt or even the second attempt. Whereas if you have a team around you who maybe is encouraging each other, one person's down and another person can come in and kind of convince you out of it and vice versa. I think that's really important.
0: I think so, too. But- Let's take a break to say thank you to our sponsor. Today's episode of the Mission Daily is brought to you by Twilio and the Twilio Signal Conference. that's going down October 17th and the 18th at the Billy Graham Civic Center in San Francisco, California. So if you've ever stayed on Airbnb or used Airbnb and you're exchanging SMS messages with the host and getting your confirmations and your bookings and everything like that, the reason why that works so seamlessly is because you guessed it, it's powered by Twilio. So Airbnb has millions of customers worldwide, and Twilio is what is enabling all of that customer service and those great experiences at scale. Thanks so much to Twilio for sponsoring the Mission Daily, and now back to the episode. And I think there are so many different lessons here, but probably the most important one to take away is that after you've been doing something for a decade and you've applied rigorous self you know, analysis, you're getting to know yourself, your team, and you're objectively making sure that your skills are getting better. So making sure that you do a little bit better than the last one, that a couple more people play this game instead of the last one, you can't lose in terms of your skills. Because at this point, not only did they have the success of Angry Birds, but they have the success where they can essentially go to any company they want and work, strike a partnership, Strike an investment offer and that's basically what happened they after the success of that game opportunities flooded their way but there was a literal decade spent in the wilderness with only two major milestones so the first being the game competition they won at their school that probably gave them the confidence they needed to get started and the round of angel investment that came four years later that helped keep the lights on keep kept them going and then Angry Birds in two thousand
1: nine. Yep. It's funny. I'm thinking now when I first saw Angry Birds and hearing like the talk about it, everyone just thought it was a game that someone just, you know, released just willy-nilly and it just took off. I remember the conversation around that of people being like, Wow, you can just make a game and it'll just go to the top of the charts and really just take off and you can make a ton of money. And no one knew. I mean, I didn't know this backstory. So yeah, just really cool to hear the whole history of it.
0: Yeah. Overnight success is not so much. Although you can have overnight success after practicing for a decade. Yes. And I think something else that's uh, fun to remember here is that whether your 50-second attempt is the one or it's 65 or 105 or like we talk about sometimes the need to get to a thousand different ideas in order to have one good one, it doesn't matter. Just keep going because that magic number is out there if you're willing to basically you know, not let yourself off the hook if you're willing to be a you know good taskmaster master, master <laughs> to yourself to yourself but also at the same time be forgiving enough with yourself and realize you're not going to be able to produce something that a massively larger company with way more resources can do so it's a it's a tricky balance but in today's interconnected world where we have a global economy that's something like 88 trillion uh, dollars roughly in terms of the size and money is now flowing all over the world thanks to the internet and the opportunities are endless there. So no matter what your business, no matter what your industry, there are unseen opportunities out there. There are major milestones that you can hit that will give you the courage and inspire you to keep going. I think it's so important to not forget that no matter how many attempts it takes, just keep going, just keep leveling up your skills. And you're going to level up your skills when you learn by doing. So when you get feedback from The marketplace and from a buyer that says yes or no, or a game distributor that says, this is garbage, we can't, we would never put our brand on this and distribute this. That's the type of stuff that gives you what you need to hear. It's not always easy, but if you can stand to hear the truth, wow, that's powerful.
1: I agree. And sometimes just looking into historical stories about companies that were built and just all the attempts that founders went through to get some to something that today you're like oh of course this is here but it took them a long time to get there i think maybe in maybe a future episode we can kind of talk through some of those stories but you'll find so many examples of people going through thousands of attempts sometimes to just get out the one prototype yeah or the light bulb or you know there's just a lot of examples that's always kind of fun and inspiring to look at that
0: we should do a bunch of different episodes based on those stories and those early attempts because those early days are some of the, in my mind, anyways, the most interesting ones. And those are the stories that people are generally not familiar with. So if you're listening and if that sounds good, be sure to tweet us at the mission HQ and we will respond and let you know what episodes are coming. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just surprise you. I don't know, but stay tuned and thanks so much for listening.
1: Thanks.